So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshalls. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms where you get podcasts on your smartphone device, five-star reviews and feedback, download subscriptions, that's the name of the game. Be sure you do all of those for this podcast and all under the umbrella of the Brawl Network, which you can get on Twitter at Network Brawl and me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. We are presented by our great friends at Bryant and Stratton College, Welch and Company Jewelers, and Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual, New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning today with Brian. Go ahead and visit him on LinkedIn and Facebook. And of course, advisors.massmutual.com. We are so pumped up about our financial future. And hey, whether you're sending a youngster off to college or you're having kids late in life, you want to get your retirement in order let me tell you what, Brian Conboy has got the ideas and the innovation to help you out with your financial package later in life. Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual, New York State, is the official financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter. Super excited to bring on here in just a minute or two, Leo Routens, um, the Syracuse basketball great and TV analyst for TSN Sports covering the NBA and the Toronto Raptors. But before I Get to Leo, who is also on Twitter at Leo Routens. Uh, just a couple of quick thoughts here on the uh, on the Australian Open for Novak Djokovic. And look, here's what we're dealing with, and I've said this for a little while. Uh, Novak Djokovic and 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 Rafa Nadal and Pete Sampras and Roger Federer. Those are my four guys on the Mount Rushmore. Djokovic, simply based upon the winning and his influence down under. Uh, impact on the game. I don't think he has as much as Federer. I think Federer is the most complete player of all time, the serve volley game. You can see five to ten legends of tennis inside his game, and his international global impact is almost Kobe Bryant-esque in tennis. I know that's hard for people to believe, but if you don't follow the sport, um, you wouldn't know. Uh, Roger Federer's impact internationally is, 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 is incomparable. And the closest guy there, I think, is probably Nadal. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is comparable a little bit. I guess Nadal, Nadal's such a, he's a global icon as well, but more in Spain and Europe and all the rest. I think Federer, you know, when you watch those tennis specials of those guys traveling internationally, Federer grab, you know, grabs a hold of people a lot more. Obviously, if, if Nadal goes back to Spain, he, he's, he's a beetle, right? Um, but I think the overall international, I think it's a leg up a little bit towards Roger. Um, and, you know, I think those three guys, along with Sampras, I think they're easily on the Mount Rushmore in the history of men's tennis. When you talk about impact, you talk about winning, you talk about the era. I think men's tennis is in a lot of trouble when the trio retires. But what's remarkable here, remarkable, and, and, and what I'll spend a minute or two on before I bring Leo Routens in is this. You know, Roger Federer is almost 40 years old. You know, Djokovic is 33 years old. Nadal is 34 years old. And Nadal and Joker lately have had injuries. 
Federer's facing father time more gradually day to day, you know, you're probably looking at Djokovic and Nadal having somewhere between 24 and 30 more Grand Slams to compete in. And right now, you know, Djokovic has won, I think, 18, right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. And he's won an astounding nine Aussie Opens. He also has a winning record against Nadal, a winning record against Federer. Uh, his kingdom is the Aussie Open. Fed's is Wimbledon. And Nadal's is the, is the clay in, in Roland Garros in the French Open. Um, but Joker, you know, has those records against those other two. Those guys don't have that against him. And Joker's beaten Nadal in Roland Garros, at Roland Garros, and he's won at Wimbledon over Fed. And so those things could be really, really, really broken down when you start to split hairs here in about 10 years trying to figure out the rank of these guys. I think Pete Sampras is on the Mount Rushmore for his amazing, I mean, he's the greatest American player of all time, but his just his amazing impact on the game of tennis in terms of being an American player. I know a lot of people might think, well, it should be Agassi because he was a greater star or McEnroe or more of a pioneer, maybe a Rod Laver. I got Sampras there. I think Agassi, you could argue for the second Mount Rushmore for sure, uh, because he was probably, I think, you know, you think about the modern commercials and the Nike and just do it and the long hair and the U.S. Open and dating supermodels and all the rest. I think Agassi was the truest, greatest superstar the sport has ever seen. Can't imagine what he would be like today with that exact charisma with social media. You could argue with his impact on the game, he's probably a Mount Rushmore number two guy. But I have these four guys. This is going to be very interesting to see, you know, where we're at. Years down the line, 5, 8, 10, 12 years, we're starting to try and break down where these four guys rank. But I think right now, these three are immovable. I think you can kind of go back and forth on the Sampras thing with maybe a Laver and some other people. I don't think these three are touchable right now. And I know that they're playing in the modern era. I know that they're playing with the modern equipment, the rackets and the balls and, and all the rest. But... The men's tour has never rolled out more players, and so therefore it should be deeper, which means it should be harder for them to win, a la Tiger Woods, and it's just not. Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer, for the most part, the last 20 years, they've been untouchable. I mean, Novak Djokovic has 18, 18 Grand Slam wins, you know? I mean, Rafael Nadal has, he's at, what, 23, right? Let me just add this, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6... 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Or no, he's got 20. Uh, I think Fed has 23. Let me add that again. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. He's got 20. And French's, he's got, I mean, it, 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 it just a complete, I mean, it's just ridiculous, the domination on clay. I mean, he's got 13 of these things. 13 French Opens. <laughs> we probably have never seen, I mean, Tiger Woods, Masters, Nicholas Masters, whoever else on any surface, any sport, you know, Michael Phelps Olympic play, you know, or in a specific event, you know, I mean, a lot of guys in the Olympics have won a potpourri of different events like Carl Lewis, you know, Joyner Kersey, uh, Phelps, etc. I mean, it, I don't know if we'll ever see anybody dominate in one single event or on a single surface like Rafa Nadal. You know, and then you go with a uh, Roger Federer, uh, who I think is the greatest player of all time. He's going to turn 40 coming up this August. 
You know, he's got 23, I believe, Grand Slams. When you add uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 U.S. Open, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Oh, no, he has 20 as well. I don't know why I was thinking one of these guys had 23. But it's 20 for each of these guys. Um, and his kingdom, of course, is Wimbledon, where he's won eight. You know, when Nadal has a greater record against Fed, I just think Fed's the more complete player. I understand head-to-head, maybe he isn't as... Um, you know, isn't as great against a, a Nadal, but, you know, that doesn't mean that all the other stuff doesn't look as look as good or better. 86 career titles for um, for Nadal, 86 career titles and a 1,008 and 205 record. You know, do you, do you, do you throw those things in there as well? Uh, you know, uh, Fetters... 1,242 wins, and he's got 103 career titles. Plenty of time for Nadal to catch him. Uh, the Joker uh, is obviously uh, uh, got a record that's great, too. He's 943, actually, wins already, and 82 career titles. So it, it, it's, you know, I mean, as far as, like, the open era goes and, and where you are, I mean, you know, you look at titles, finals, and win rate, you know, they're all top five. Connors is one, Lendl is three, Federer's two, Nadal four, Joker five. That could very well change, right? Clearly, it probably will. Um, you know, matches record in terms of percentage, Nadal's number one. He has the best match record of all time. Um, Jimmy Connors matches one. You know, I, I think probably Connors is a, is a Mount Rushmore two. I think Mount Rushmore two is harder to figure out. Because you, know, you got to deal with Bjorn Borg, you got to deal with Arthur Ashe, who I think impact-wise is the male version of you know of Gibson on the women's side. Uh, you, you know, so you got Borg, you got Lendl, you got McEnroe and Connors, all from the same era. Uh, you got Rod Laver, you got to deal with uh, Stefan Edberg, uh, you got Guillermo Vilas. I mean, it, there, there, there's some major player Agassi. So that's a hard David Fair. That you know, it's a hard one. <laughs> it's a the second one might be harder because then you st- really got to start splitting hairs. Where I don't think. You have the slam dunks of Joker, Nadal, and Fed. So just some things to keep in mind as we move forward and see exactly where these guys will rank all time. Well, as mentioned here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union, the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, and Camillus Golf Club, it is an absolute delight to bring onto the program TV analyst for TSN Sports, a Syracuse sports uh, legend on the basketball hardwood, NBA TV Canada and Sportsnet, also a contributor to those. He's a kid from Keel Street, and he is on Twitter, at Leo Routens. I've been waiting for this one for a long time. Leo, it's Mike Lindsley. What a treat, man. Good to talk with you again. I'm great. I appreciate being on. And, uh, yeah, it's been a while. I, geez, I can't even remember the last time uh, I was in the Carrier Dome. So it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a bit of a, bit of a, uh, a haul there. Yeah, no doubt. So I, I, you know, we're going to go a little bit uh, across the board here in the world of basketball. Get a, a quick update on Andy as well. Why, why don't you give me? I mean, as as I look at it, Syracuse getting blown out here early by Duke. But what do you think of this Syracuse team uh, this season? Have you followed along a, a little bit? To be honest, I, I haven't been able to watch as much as I'd like. Uh, you know, the NBA schedule is crazy. It's uh, tough, man. It's, yeah. it's it's been it's every other night and mix it back to backs in the middle of all that, and uh, so it's been a, it's been a little wacky. But uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot of things I like about the Syracuse team. You know, obviously, there you know some injuries and some other issues have you know have faced them, and 
but you know when they're good they're, they're really good they do a lot of good things uh, I think just finding that consistency has been a little bit of an issue for them and uh, as well as you know with the pandemic and, set and some of the players getting sick and so forth uh, you know all that all that eventually takes its toll so uh, but uh, I'm optimistic. I'm hoping if they could, you know, win a few down the stretch here, maybe they could. Uh, uh, I'm not a proponent of the tournament in light of the circumstances, but maybe they can get in. Okay, let's get straight to the NBA here. I mean, uh, it, it's been, I think, another success here so far with, with the league and how they've handled some things and, and uh, some pretty great competition. You're obviously covering the league. You're close to the Raptors situation as well. Um, I'm going to ask you a question first, though, about you know the Raptors in, in terms of them being the national product, the national brand, the team. Uh, a couple of years ago, winning a title. I asked Jack Armstrong this a couple of days ago. Um, what do you think their title did for global basketball? Well, it, it was enormous. I mean, you know, you think about this. You know, you have 30 teams in the NBA, but only one that's the only team in a, in a country, and and uh, so they're a very unique team. Uh, Canada, Toronto specifically, is a very multicultural city, extremely diverse. Uh, as a result, uh, you know, and, and they always have a strong international component to their team. And uh, you have, a, like I said, a, a general manager, president, uh, international. Uh, so you have you have so many different uh, points to this team that I think attract uh, globally. And as a result, the Raptors have had a strong following globally. Uh, winning the championship uh, was incredible. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people, I, 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 after the Raptors won the championship, you know, I, I, being in the NBA and being around all the teams and all the people and management, I was shocked at how many people genuinely were thrilled around the NBA that the Raptors won. And they were thrilled on how they did it. Because they didn't have, yeah, they had they had Kawhi Leonard, but they didn't have that three superstar team. They didn't have to go load up to do it. They didn't have a top fifteen lottery pick on that team. Uh, they had undrafted players playing key roles. They had late picks or or second round picks, um, you know, uh, playing key roles. So I think the rest of the NBA said, hey, you know what? We, we can do this, yeah. right? This is realistic. It's not realistic to go get, you know, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and, and Kevin Durant, but it's realistic to maybe get one of those guys and build a team uh, and have a strong development. So, you know, I think the reaction globally and, and within the NBA was was, uh, was tremendous, and, and this city just went over the top. The whole country went over the top. I mean, uh, over, over half the country watched the NBA Finals here. So... Uh, as big as the game has grown in this country, uh, wait, you know, the, the second phase, we don't even know. We, we're not even seeing yet. It's going to be unbelievable. I remember watching a special on HBO, um, Real Sports, with the Raptors and, and when they went all the way. And the president of the Toronto Raptors, I believe, is it Masai Ujiri? Is that how you pronounce that yeah, name? Masai Masa- It's Masai, okay. Masai Ujiri. I mean, his story is amazing. He's an incredible, incredible businessman. Seems like a really, really good dude. What is what has he taught you through all this? Uh, well, you know, okay, you know, simple, simple, just simple thinking that if you go, a lot of people thought because you're Toronto, because you're country, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna go land that that big name, right? It's just not gonna happen. 
which obviously was proved incorrect. But if that if that's if that's the way it is, right? You got two choices. You can sit there and say, okay, you know what? Uh, we're going to be okay, but we're never going to be that good because we can't land anybody. So let's just live with it. Well, what Masai did was say, okay, you know what? We're not giving up on anything, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to have great scouting. We're going to have great development. So they got a Raptors 905, a G League team, uh, literally, you know, 15 minutes from where they play, you know, their regular games at Scotiabank Arena. And again, you go through the undrafted players. You go through the late picks. You go and you start your development, right? Uh, Then you look at the coaches uh, and and the type of coaching they have. And so you make everything around your team something special, something that's going to grow, something that's going to build, something that's going to make everything around it better. And then when you do have that marquee player or get the big name, it's only going to get better, right? But you're not going to be live and die by it. Um, And I think, you know, last year was a great example when, you know, the Raptors lost Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green. And everybody said the team's going to be dead. They're done. Well, the Raptors were one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference until the pandemic started. And, you know, the bubble kind of affected everybody differently. So the Raptors, I thought, could have gone to the NBA Finals out of the East last year. But, again, the pandemic, they didn't handle it well, and the team just kind of imploded losing to Boston in in, in a Game 7. But now you go into this season, now you you remember, so you lost Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, and now you lose Serge Ibaka, Marcus Ohl. So people are just completely writing this team off. They started out, they struggled, started out 2-8, and eight, and since that point are one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I think 14-7 and seven since that point. And, and, and again, showing that you know, they're, they're developing and building from within. And, and so that's Masai Ujiri's doing. That's his work. Uh, he's, you know, he, he doesn't settle. He's raised the bar here. There's a certain expectation of how you're going to play. Uh, and even with his coaches, I mean, Nick Nurse already has a coaching tree. He's been here. He's been here what three years as a head coach. This is his third season. He's got an NBA championship. One of his coaches is now the head coach of the Indiana Pacers, and another one of his coaches just got hired by the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. So uh, the coaching tree is already spreading. So Masai Ujiri has put all this into place, and, and, and deserves a great deal of credit. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com cloud. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Leo Routon's our guest on the ML Sports Platter. Syracuse Hoops great, of course, and now doing awesome work. TV analysts uh, for TSN Sports, Sportsnet, NBA TV Canada, covering the Raptors and the NBA, at Leo Routon's on Twitter. 
when you watch Steph Curry, what goes through your mind? Just a phenomenal player. I mean, the, when people say he's not in an MVP conversation, they just don't know basketball. Uh, you know, he's changed the game. Uh, I, I think you can give Steph a lot of credit, you know, for the way, you know, nobody used to come down and shoot from the shoot from the the logo in, in the NBA. Yeah. Right. That yep. just you just didn't do that. Leo, yeah, I got to tell can. you, I have him number two in the history of the game as far as impact behind Jordan. I do. Oh uh, well, yeah, I mean he, he's yep. he's literally changed the game, right? Yep. yep. Uh, yep. And you know, so so he's, he's an influencer, uh, and. You know, the way he plays, he's one of the greatest shooters to ever play. Uh, and it's much more than that. His feel for the game, his, his handle, his uh, his competitiveness. Uh, you know, I, I remember when the Raptors played him in the championship, you know, they, they had some injuries. But you were just terrified of him getting going. And there were a couple of games where he single-handedly kept them in and gave them a chance to win. And, uh, and the Raptors, at that point, and still continue to be, are an elite defensive team. Uh, and even under those uh, playing under the conditions of uh, versus an elite defensive team, he's able to do all these incredible things. So you know, I, I love Steph. I you know, I love watching him play. And you know, obviously, I, I you know, he he's got a strong connection to Toronto when his dad Dell played, and Steph used to be running around the court here shooting. Actually, he used to shoot jumpers with Andy yeah. uh, before Raptor games. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you know, uh, strong connection there. Yeah, that's cool. How is Andy doing? And he's great. He, fi- he finally decided to uh, hang up the sneakers, and uh, now he's just kind of testing the waters in a few different uh, different areas of business and uh, and sports. And uh, so he's just kind of kind of deciding which direction he might want to go in right now. But uh, he's in a good place and uh, enjoying life, living in Toronto. I, you know, I I, I loved covering him. I, I, he was always at at his locker. He was always. Super, super engaging. Uh, gave great answers after the game, win or loss. Um, you know, and and just grew every year into really one of the terrific, just like Brandon Trish. I mean, really terrific local. You grow up, you know what's going on. You know the pressure. You know what the crowds are like. You know, you played there, right? I mean, it was all same thing. You know, how, the bloodlines for both of them. And to do what they did and have, to have those complete careers, I think, is a real testament to, to, to guys like Andy and Brandon. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, they, it's a fun teams. I mean, oh. you know, the team with, you know, Brandon, Wesley, and, and Renze. 0 9 10. Yeah, I mean, that team, you know, I, I, I 100% firmly believe that if, if Renze hadn't gotten hurt, they would have won a national championship. And, you know, I remember speaking with Mike Krzyzewski, uh, you know, about six months later, they won the championship. And, you know, he said, he goes, you know what? He goes, the only team, the only team we were worried about with Syracuse. Yep. And, and, and I don't know if we could have beaten Syracuse if they had a Rense. And, uh, you know, I, I felt the same way. It was just, you know, so disheartening to see, you know, one for him, uh, you know, that he, you know, he had an unbelievable career for to kind of end that way. But uh, on the flip side, uh, you know, for that team, uh, you know, they, they had they had everything they needed to win. Boy, they sure did. I mean, A.O., Rick Jackson, Andy, Brandon is a freshman, I believe. Scoop and Chris were, yep. were sophomores. Um, yep. But, you know, in that Butler game, it was wild because Syracuse got a lot of open looks, and they just didn't make some in the beginning. And then you fast forward two years later, you know, they lose to Ohio State. They got Sullinger in, in foul trouble in Boston. I was sitting there courtside covering that game, 
And they couldn't make layups. And then, you know, Syracuse loses and Ohio State goes to the Final Four. But I'm with you. I think what it comes down to is when you have a guy like A.O. out, it's it's the, I mean, you know more than me, obviously. The duration of that injury is what hurts you, right? I mean, as the game goes on, you feel the impact more and more. Well, you know, they you know they had to get to that Butler game. And again, there's a lot of pressure without a Renze. And, and uh, teams could... Uh, because, you know, Raptors had some bigs, but there was no other Renze, and, and yeah. teams were able to really put a lot more pressure on the perimeter. They really focused in on Andy, focused in on Brandon, uh, to try to make everything as difficult as possible because there was no release. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, so Butler did a great great job of uh, taking advantage of his absence. And uh, like I said, it's unfortunate. In that sports, it happens. But, uh, uh, you know, I, like I said, I really thought they would have won it that year. Leo Routon's our guest. A couple more for you, Leo. I'll let you run. I know how busy you are. Um, curious to know, you know, how important, you know, and what it means to you. I mean, here you are, you know, born in Toronto. You know, you're covering the Raptors. <laughs> you're, you're right there, right? I mean, how, how comfortable, how on a daily basis do you feel just, man, this is really cool that I'm, I'm right here, right? Like where I was born. Yeah, no, it really is amazing. Uh, you know, I always dreamed that I'd, I'd play for an NBA team in Toronto. And, uh, you know, when I was coming out of Syracuse, there was that rumor uh, that Ted Stepien, who owned the Cleveland Cavaliers, was going to buy a team in Toronto hmm, yep. or move the Cavaliers to Toronto. And, uh, you know, he even ran into me one day and said, you're going to be my guy. You're going you're gonna to play for me. And uh, so I always believed that, you know, that was going to happen. At some point in time, I'd be able to play here. Um and unfortunately, you know, by the time by the time it happened, I, I was done. My my legs were finished, and uh, so you know, the the next best thing is to do what I do, right? Uh, and it's been uh, it's been an incredible ride uh, to be with the with this organization really from day one. Uh, since 1995, you know, we did the first game, and 26 later years later, I'm still doing the games, and uh, had an opportunity uh, when Isaiah Thomas was general manager, he offered me. And Brendan Malone, a former Syracuse guy, Mike Malone of the Denver Nuggets, his dad, uh, he was the Raptors' first coach. And uh, so, you know, Brendan and I knew each other well. And uh, But uh, there was an opportunity. Isaiah Thomas offered me an opportunity to be an assistant coach with the team as well. So it, it's just been, a, you know, it's just been a great relationship, a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, to be in my hometown uh, where I grew up and to see where the game has come from. This team being completely a hockey country and, and nobody caring anything about basketball uh, to becoming one of the great basketball cities in the NBA, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, I tell you what, you bring up Steppy in there, and, and I just got done reading the book called The Cap by Josh Mendelson. It was so good, Leo. Have you read it? No, uh, it's, I haven't. It's phenomenal. It's it's how you know Larry Fleischer and David Stern built the modern NBA with uh, yeah. with all the stuff in the early 80s, and he's in it a ton, obviously, and uh, all the owners, of course, across the board in the fight for the players, um, you know, in, in the shares and TV money. And it, it's a spectacular book if you get oh, a chance. I'm sure it is. Well, I, I know a lot of the, uh, the the players that you're speaking of, and uh, I'm familiar with a lot of the stories and uh, how a lot of things went down and uh, the whole ABA, NBA, and, and just the relationships. So uh, I'm sure it's an incredible book, and uh, I'll have to take a look at it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because, like, the longer you're, you're around this league, 
uh, you know, you become, you know, kind of a part of all the stuff that's happening and, 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 you know, your relationships, you know, with, with people, uh, go back a long, long way and you have an insight and, uh, and a perspective that's very unique. Right. And so it's something that, uh, uh, you know, I cherish every day. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to be in something as big as the NBA. I mean, talking a billion dollar business, uh, and, and, to and to be a part of the whole thing uh, in your hometown is amazing. People get caught up in eras, you know, like the LeBron versus Michael stuff. And, you know, I grew up in the 90s. I loved the NBA, the triple header on NBC. I don't, I'm not as infatuated with it today. I like the stars. I got into it a few years back and then I kind of went away a little bit. Jordan retired. I didn't stick with it as much. Through the years, I know it's, you're covering the game now, so it's different, but from an entertainment standpoint, from a a, a fan standpoint, um, do, do you prefer certain times over others, Leo, or don't you don't you pay attention to that stuff? Uh, you do. I mean, you know, I, I don't like comparing eras and players of different eras. Like I said, to me, Michael George is the greatest player to ever live. But you know, Wayne Embry, who's a who's a a, 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 just a, a legacy and a, and a legend and and an icon. Uh, who's a consultant with the Toronto Raptors, he'll tell you that Oscar Robertson's the greatest player ever lived. Well, I, I can't have that argument, right? Because I don't have a perspective on that. And then people today are going to say it's LeBron, and a lot of those people, believe it or not, have never even seen Michael play aside from that uh, you know, feature that was on earlier in the year or so or last year. So uh, it, it's very unique. So I don't like comparing errors. I think they're all different. They're all unique. But, you know, Ultimately, the game is about entertainment, right? It's 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 ratings. It's uh, uh, and and how the game is watched today is very different, right? Uh, you know, a lot of people don't sit down and watch the triple headers or the six games in a day. Uh, your phone, your tablet, mm-hmm. your uh, is is a large part of how people consume the NBA. Uh, they consume in snippets. They consume in in so many different different ways versus sitting down in the old days like we used to. So uh, the, the game is about entertainment. It's about giving people access. It's about giving people additional information, different ways of, of taking it all in, uh, more access, uh, all of that, right? And, and so the NBA uh, has always stayed ahead. They've always been a leader in, in all these different areas and the way to to sell and manage and move a game. So, uh, you know, do I, I don't necessarily like all aspects of today's game, but, uh, it is entertaining. It is, you're seeing the greatest athletes arguably of any sport. Um, and, and, and there's, you know, it's fun, right? The games are fun. The games are exciting. Crowds are, you know, obviously right now we don't have crowds, but you know, generally the crowd arenas are packed, you know, uh, and so forth. So uh, I, I just enjoy it. I kind of go with the flow, right? Uh, you know, uh, again, like I said, the game has evolved, but uh, you know, I, I think uh, we as viewers or we as people that like the game have to evolve too because it's not going to go backwards. It's only going to keep going in the directions it's going in. Yeah, final final thing for you here. I just wanted to quickly touch on your playing career. I mean, you're at Minnesota, you, then you go to Syracuse. Um really at the start of, you know, ba-boom, right? I mean, the Carrier Dome, you know, it, it, this big arena and the, the Big East starts taking off shortly after. Um, was all that intimidating at first? 
Not at all. I mean, actually, none of it was in the picture. Uh, you know, I, w- I was at, at Minnesota. I was in the Big Ten. They had one of the top arenas in the country, you know, Williams Arena. Uh, Big Ten was the conference, yeah. Magic Johnson, all these guys. And so when I transferred to Syracuse, uh, there was no there was no Big East. There was no Carrier Dome. And, and by the time I'm playing... After my redshirt year, the next year, there's a Carrier Dome and there's a Big East. Right, there you go. That's so, crazy, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, all of a sudden, you know, I went to Syracuse because I loved the program. Uh, I wanted to go to Newhouse because uh, academics are important to me. It was relatively close to Toronto, four-hour drive. Sure. Um, so I, that, that were all, those were all my reasons for going there. Um, and next thing you know, you have a, a whole bunch of other reasons that make it spectacular. And, and, uh, I, you know, again, so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't pressure. It wasn't anything like that. It was just fun, uh, you know, to be a part of, you know, what became the hottest conference in the country. Uh, and it was brilliant, right? You, you have all these major media markets and, 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 and places like Syracuse where you're getting 30,000 people in a game. Uh, it was just a, it was unique, and the television coverage was unbelievable. Then you finally move into Madison Square Garden for the Big East. Uh, you know, like I said, that's that's it, right? You can't get any bigger than that. Uh, so it was uh, it was an incredible experience, uh, you know. And, and again, the, the the cool part about it, it was an incredible experience that I didn't plan on, I didn't anticipate. Uh, it just it just worked out that way, and, and those are the best best scenarios. Yeah, because I mean, seventy eight, seventy nine, Minnesota, and and you know, and that later on, just after that year at Minnesota, literally late May, was the Big East formation of you know of that conference pretty much during that that off year of the redshirt, which is, and then all of a sudden, ba boom, and all that stuff gets added on to to your career. I, it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's I, amazing. When I, when I visited Syracuse, there was a hole. It was a hole where Archibald Stadium was, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. And then, and then, right. and then, when I'm playing my first game at Syracuse, we're in a we're in a we're in this crazy dome. Isn't that so, something? Um, yeah, and and it was uh it was it was amazing because, like I said, if uh, you know, um, I, you know, now players players go to Syracuse because of the dome, you know, or, or the, you know when the conference is hot. They were getting, you know, where they're getting the Coleman's and they were getting the Billy Owens and the Pearl Washington's, you know, like I said, I went there for none of those reasons. And, uh, and it turned out being amazing. What's the one thing in closing that, that from a basketball perspective, the one thing that you learned from Jim Bayheim through the years that you've kept really close to you, that you, that you use, think about whatever the case may be. Jim was great at, uh, you know, you had to work your way through uh, to establish yourself with him. Um, but once once you did, uh, he trusted you uh, and he gave you confidence. And I know that, uh, you know, when th- that makes a big difference for a player, especially in college ball. I mean, you're, you know, with your schools over recruit. You know, they'll get five guys at one position. You know, your players are looking over their shoulder every time they, you know, uh, they put on their uniform, like, who's, who's going to take my spot, the whole bit. And it wasn't like that with Coach. Uh, you know, practices were fun. Like, I love practice. We ran. We got up and down the floor. We ran. Uh, you know, he didn't overcoach you. Uh, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like every little thing all the time. He let you play. 
and and uh and like i said it gave you confidence and and i know when uh when i was coaching uh canada uh my practices were fun they were high energy they were fun uh you know we didn't go too long we didn't waste time on stuff and 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 some of that was coach right uh i gave i gave players trust and confidence uh i i know how i felt uh you know isaiah thomas once said uh never forget how you felt as a player that's your best asset and and so i remember how i felt you know playing you know in certain situations and, and for Jim Beheim and you know I, I had a situation where you know we really didn't have a point guard and and you know we, we got this guy and this guy and this guy and you know uh, I'm trying you know every one of these guys is looking over their shoulder finally I just said I grabbed one of our guys and said look that's it no more you're my point guard okay don't worry about anybody else I bring in here don't worry about you are my point guard we're gonna do this together we're gonna learn this together Right, you're gonna make mistakes, but if you if you stay with me and you you follow me, and I said well, we're gonna make we're gonna do this together, and and you're gonna grow into this position, and uh, and he did, and he ended up being a great player. Uh, but I, I think Jim Beheim's influence uh, helped me make that decision uh, that he just needed to know that just go play, you know, don't you know you don't need to you don't need to worry anymore. This is your spot, right? You got it. And uh, so I, I think, you know, I, I've been very blessed. I, I, I played for some great coaches and I've been around some great people in my basketball life. Uh, and Jim Beheim certainly uh, was a part of that and, and left some, uh, some very strong impressions. Raptors TV analyst, TSN Sports, Sportsnet, NBA TV Canada covers the NBA across the board as well. Kid from Keel Street, according to the Twitter profile, it's Leo Routens. What a career at Syracuse as well. At Leo Routens. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. Leo, this was amazing. So great to catch up with you. Continued success, and hopefully not too long from now I'll be able to run into you again inside the white roof for a ball game, man. We'll see. I'd like to see the new uh, the new dome and see what it looks like and uh, and uh, get, get back in connection with some folks. So uh, one day we'll hope that'll happen sooner than later. <laughs> The ML Sports Platter is all over the major platforms as a part of the Brawl Network. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, and anywhere else you get your podcasts on your smartphone device. We're presented by our great, great friends over at Camillus Golf Club, Hides of Liverpool, and Liverpool Physical Therapy. LiverpoolPhysicalTherapy.com for more information. Remember, if you're looking for that rehab stint, maybe the rotator cuff or the ACL, whatever the case may be, or just those daily, daily, daily little pains that we get as we get older. Don't forget, there's no doctor prescription necessary for the first 10 physical therapy visits in New York State. Liverpool Physical Therapy, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group and... Welch and Company Jewelers. Log on to welchjewelers.com. Shop the showcase today. Engagement rings, wedding rings, you name it. Welch and Company Jewelers. Welchjewelers.com. Jewelry store online is terrific. Go shop the showcase today. Daniel, Luce, and the gang doing an awesome, awesome job. Welchjewelers.com. What a great, great interview with Leo Routens. I've been looking forward to it for quite a while. 
at Leo Routens on Twitter and make sure you catch all his coverage of Raptors and NBA basketball. I'm Mike Lindsley on Twitter at Mike L Sports. Be on the lookout for my nine minute with Mike Lindsley segments and one minute ML Sports takes all over Twitter, Facebook, IGTV, YouTube, and TikTok. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Most pancake syrups contain artificial flavors, artificial colors, and high fructose corn syrup. But there's an all-natural option free of additives in the same aisle. Real maple syrup from Canada is made from one ingredient. So turn the bottle and check the label. Is your syrup real maple? 100% pure maple, straight from Mother Nature herself. One ingredient, one source, one flavor. PureMapleFromCanada.com No one tries to be unsafe online, but during the holidays when you give up info and privacy, you may give up safety too. Accept cookies to get holiday cookies? Ho, okay! Norton 360 with LifeLock helps keep your digital world merry and bright with device security, a VPN for privacy, identity theft protection, and more. No one can prevent all identity theft, but everyone can opt in to cyber safety. Visit norton.com slash news and save 25% or more off your first year of Norton 360 with LifeLock. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.